Adam Popes owns his own roofing company, but he's also one of the men hoping to show there's no ceiling on what Drum Chapel United can achieve. The Drum have made the bold switch from top amateur team to the new West of Scotland League setup, which means when football resumes, they'll be mixing it with the traditional former junior sides in Conference C. Adam is the Drum's co-manager with John Black, and they've been busy adding plenty of players to cope with the step up. One of those is former Hamilton skipper Darren McKinnon, who was playing in the Premiership less than a year ago. We want to speak to Adam about how they're set up for the season ahead and just how they managed to persuade McKinnon to drop down the leagues. Plus, we'll find out about the club's ambitions for the future and delve into Adam's career. It's all here on Down the Divisions. Thanks for joining us for another 60 minutes or so looking at the lower leagues. Paul, well, I think maybe we spoke a bit too soon. Uh, after recording our show with Stevie Farrell last week, news broke, of course, of the Joint Response Group's decision to halt training. Has that been a bit of a blow for you at New Mains? Uh, where do I start with, Gareth? Yes, of course it's a blow because we started building up a little bit of momentum, albeit we were, we were still training in small groups. However... If you go back to the very first show that we ever done, or the first two shows, we always said it's people's safety that comes first. And if that's the case, then then that's paramount. My take on it, I was away last week, uh, and, and I just got an email. I was up in St. Andrews, and I got an email saying that as and from, I think it was Thursday, that would be the Wednesday train had stopped. My take on it, this is, gonna, this is actually a political thing. It's not, it's not just... We're stopping training for, for the safety of, of people. I think it's more now that we can't afford or clubs can't afford to do the testing the twice a week. Uh, and that vote probably come from the first uh, the championship in Scottish football down. And obviously us coming under the Lowland League has probably fell under that. If, that. if that's the case, then I don't know when we're going to return to football because financially... I certainly can only speak for my club. We couldn't afford to bring in any medical staff to, to you know, to, to test twice a week. And it's not just got to be a case of giving people a temperature check because people can have the symptoms without having uh, having the temperature. So it's a huge blow. It's a, it's a huge blow for the boys coming back as well because they see light at the end of the tunnel. The league was talking about returning, give us a kind of rough return date. So we were working to that and it was giving us something to train for. It's a huge blow, but if it is for, for the safety of people, then then I have no objections to that. If it's a political thing, then it's a bit disappointing for, for everybody involved. Yeah, well, I think we'll, uh, it's fair to say we'll talk some more on that subject when we speak to Adam in a moment. Um, but we also want to hear your thoughts and comments on it too. You can email us at downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Well, I'm Stevie Farrell, manager from that, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Drum Chapel co-manager Adam Hopes is our guest this week. Thanks for joining us, Adam. Yeah, how are you doing? Good, thanks. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll chat some more in a moment, but before we do, we've got the Down the Divisions decider. Can't believe it, Paul. We've been locked on two each for about 17 weeks, it feels. Uh, I know, and I'm 
I've got some right easy clues this week for you, Gareth. I'm sure you'll get this. First one's really easy, but after that, it might get a bit tougher. So we'll bring we'll bring you in on this as well, Adam. All right. Mm -hmm. So Adam's writing this down. He's taking notes. Professional. (laughs) (laughs) Libby Lane. I was looking for some tips before this. 1983. (laughs) (laughs) Right, number one, Libby Lane become the first. Church of England's first female bishop. I mean, that's simple. You'll get it for that. But it get easier. Jordan Spieth won the Masters by four strokes over Phil Mickelson and Justin Rose. Arsenal played Aston Villa in the FA Cup, winning 4-0. And Edinburgh City won their first league title after nearest rivals Whitehill Welfare lost to East Bride. Like you go first, Adam. 2015. 2015. Okay. What's that grin, Popo? <laughs> Just laughing. My Google, my Google's broke. That was a guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I think it's a, I think it's a little bit earlier than that. I think. Sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go 2000 and. I'm torn between 2013 and 2014, I must admit. I'm going to go 2014. 2014. All will be revealed at the end of the show. I need to wait that long. I need to wait that long. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Cami Queen's Park goalie, and this is Down the Divisions. Drum Chapel co-manager Adam Hopes is with us this week. Adam, uh, we mentioned at the start of the show about training being stopped. I, I take it you'd gone back before the no. order came last week, or you hadn't? No, we've not. Why we was were, we were, how was that? No, why was that? Why was that? We just well, we, we wanted to just wait a wee bit to see what was going to happen. Obviously, how things were going to materialise with this virus, and we penciled it in for a week ago today. I think we're meant to start maybe two weeks ago today, I can't remember. It was a, a Tuesday anyway. And then obviously we got the news, I think it was a Monday. I'm pretty sure it was very short notice because after he's kind of like, meant to start back, and now we're not. So no, we've, I don't even know what to say, to be honest. I, I, like, we've got so many we've got so many guys there now that are needing to get fit. And obviously we're relying on them doing it in their own time because at the end of the day, it's part-time football. Bottom tier, people are, people are busy. People have got life to live. Do you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, people aren't getting paid now either. Do you know what I mean? So really, you're you're just looking for them to be looking after themselves. Um, so it's a bit of a gutter, but there's nothing anyone can do about it, really, is there? What 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 do you think about the? Obviously, you've got your own your own situation to take care of, but just with the way the whole thing has been handled, and I mean, do you feel you've had enough? clarity do you feel you've had enough direction did you think you know this time last or 10 days ago that it was going to be back to as back to square one basically well before the order came in did you i mean presumably you must have got your training sessions mapped out when you were coming back how pre-season was going to go you you didn't maybe you didn't even it hadn't even entered your head that this might happen what has happened in the last week uh 
I didn't think it would have came upon us in such short notice. Yeah. But I kind of, I mean, I, my personal opinion, I can't see he's kicking a ball this year. What, what, what I'm led to believe is, obviously, see how we had the stages, like stage one, small groups of four and five or whatever, and then blah, blah, blah. I was led to believe that on the 24th of August, the full contact foot you were allowed to train in groups proper. Right. So, so what I'm led to believe is, if we do go ahead on the 24th, that we're allowed to be training properly from there on in and then I think the games will still stand to be scheduled for the 11th of September onwards but I, I, I'm just going on what other people are telling me and I, I'm scurnered with it all to be honest I'm, I've never had football in my life for so long Yeah I'm going to actually come in what Adam said there as well because and we've had this conversation uh, this week on the telephone with some guys at the club I think you're right Adam I don't see us playing to, I don't see us playing in 2020 and see, to be honest, if we go back even to as early as January, then what's it going to be? Is it going to be summer football? Or are we just going to say, listen, guys, season's null void. We've spoken about this programme one. It's null void. We start again. Well, not null and void because we're not playing for anything, but we just start next year. And if that's the case, you know, that's going to be nearly a 12-month without football for guys. So... It'd be nice to have some kind of indication. Not that we're trying to jump the gun in terms of we're demanding we're going back playing football when you know there's still a pandemic in the world. We're not we're not saying that, but it's just if we could get some kind of indicators. You know, the Premier League have got indication that they can go back if they test twice a week. The Championship, they can't do it. It's not a facilities thing. I think if we can just have some kind of clarity on on. Uh, on where, where we're at, do you know what I mean? I think it would, it would help everybody, wouldn't it? Uh, it definitely would, but then see, I'm going to touch on what you were saying there, so see how obviously the league's way behind and we might be starting in October. Yeah. See if, we, see if we then don't start till January, right? See if they were to obviously scrap the cup games or whatever, they could definitely get the league games done for January to July, August even, right? So say, say it goes from January to August, right? You could have a four-week break and then have your pre-season September and start the following season in October, and then obviously yeah, you're just yeah. doing what you're just doing what we scheduled anyhow. But see, there's just too many players getting on in their career, and like this is this is a, a disaster for them. Do you know what I mean? Because they, they, when you, the older you get, the more you need to keep ticking over, the more you need to be playing games, blah blah blah, and and they're not getting to do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there could be a lot of people out there if the season doesn't go ahead this year they might be like ah, come next pre-season I don't know if I can do this you know what I mean it's just it's just not ideal situation I, but I suppose I mean playing devil's advocate a bit you know you, you look at you look at what has been said and about what the premiership clubs need to do the testing you know the temperature testing the social distancing it's not practical for for lower league football no. is it and, no. and so it's not practical for lower league football how, how, how can how can football come back if if you if that has to be if that okay. has to be stuck to clubs can't afford to clubs can't afford to either do it they'll either go out of business by trying to do it or just football will, will presumably shut down. Yep. Gareth, I'll I'll come in on that because you're obviously working the mainstream media and you go around the Premier League clubs in, in terms of your, your your press conferences. There was a somebody had come in and give money towards. Premier League clubs testing. I put it to the both of you. Do you think if that money hadn't come in, Premier League teams would be would be able to test their players? They'd have the resources to do it. 
Possibly. I mean, that's a hard question to answer because you don't know what money, what's going on behind the scenes at these clubs. I dare say it possibly would have went ahead in regards to, obviously, the money that's involved with Scottish football. I mean, we can't just all stand still when things are moving across the world. Places that are probably worse than us as well. But um, uh, it's just, I, 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 don't, I don't really know what else to say about it because we're, we're in a pandemic. We need to think about everyone's health first and and we just need to play the game. But, um, nah. I mean, how, how has it left you in terms of, you know, I don't know, recruitment and things like that? I know it's it's only been the last week where this 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 has come in, but I guess even though they're saying they're going to look at it and they're, they're, they've announced, for example, the Betfred Cup games, lower league clubs in the SPFL are going to be involved in those games. Mm-hmm. But I think that last week's announcement has kind of put a lot of doom and gloom over lower league football as a whole and and how has that kind of manifested itself with, with with you guys i mean i know you've been busy in the transfer market already bringing guys in but have you had in the last week maybe guys you were trying to bring in who were just kind of pulled back and and, and they're not sure or or has it been the opposite where you've had guys desperate to get a club you know or desperate to get a deal done because they uh, can see that, 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 that the kind of the things might be kind of closing down and they want to get something sorted before it does We've been quite fortunate in that department, Gareth. We've we've got 23 players signed just now, um, and we've got a good handful want to come in for pre-season. Like, obviously, we know a wee bit about them, and we would never refuse anyone the chance to come in and try and prove ourselves because we're not that type of people. But um, it's not affected us in that respect, obviously. But I think just a lot of people are getting a wee bit scunnered at the fact that you're all right to go to a pub on a Saturday. You might have been for two hours, but people are in all day mingling, cuddling, all the rest of it, and you're just like, well, see if that's the most different for that to playing on a Saturday down the park. Do you know what I mean? But it's it's just, I, I, I honestly, I, I I don't like talking about the whole thing because it just annoys me. It's 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 just madness. I'm gonna change it up then because I look at the the teams that have that have come into the league yourselves. St. Caddox have come in, you know, you know, the guys are investing into the game, bringing players in. We talk about Darvel every week. I think it's brilliant. I think this whole West of Scotland thing is fantastic. And I think it's brilliant the, the enthusiasm that's come from all the teams coming in. Who was the brainchild behind bringing Jump Trap onto the league? Well, obviously, we'll probably get into this a wee bit later on, but I, I used to run Postle YM. Right, and 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 I'm amalgamated with with John Black at Drumchapel United because he'd obviously been out of Saturday football for a while with family commitment, player commitments, X, Y, and Z, and we, we had a, a chat, and he decided that he was going to come out of the Sunday and into the Saturday. So for the last two and a bit years, it's really been me, John Black, and uh, William Chisholm, who gets called Chizzy. So, but. Me and Chizzy are probably two of the most ambitious guys you'll meet. And obviously, I speak to people involved in the, the senior, junior game. And uh, I'd heard that this was a possibility, that this was going to be happening. So me and Chizzy spoke about it and stuff like that. And uh, Chizzy's like, well, I'm going to I'm gonna say to Scott Bland, who's the club secretary, who obviously, he, he does all sorts for the club, but the stuff, we'll get into all this later. Anyhow, Chizzy's seen the application coming up spoke to me and JB, spoke to Scott Bland, and we decided, let's do it. But 
we can get into all this later if we're going to be talking about this, that, and the next thing. If you want to move on just now, but uh, it's quite a it's quite an interesting story. The whole keep thing. it going, keep it going, Adam. Keep it going, keep the story going. Right, keep cool. So, this, but... right, so obviously we amalgamated the two clubs and we called each other Drum Chap United PYM. PYM started for Possil, uh, meant Possil YM, obviously. Uh, so I'd always wanted to work with John, and John couldn't be, John could never be seen to be working for another club rather than Drum Chap United because he's a chairman. He he's a guy that started the club in two thousand and one. I think it was a, an under-13s team or something like that. Uh, he got that up and running, and then the next minute all these guys I wanted to come in, he started an amateur team, and then obviously it's probably fair to say that Drum Chapel United and Colville Park, Mick Kennedy's team, are probably the two most successful clubs ever in amateur football, were the honours that they won. So um, we obviously we made a go of it, and um, first season together, uh, we, got, we won the playoffs to go into the Foster's Premier, and then we we won the McEwen's League Cup final, and we got the final, the Cinema Cup. So it was a very good season, to be fair. But should have been better because I just like, see amateur. Like, I played a lot of amateur, obviously, and like, the difference between the, the levels is a commitment for the players. Like, there's, there's, I could write a list of players that have got so much talent, but they just don't care enough. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll say they do, but they, they're just too. But it's in a Friday night. They get the wee buzz, they go out, get mad with it, don't turn up on a Saturday. I, I've had to pick guys up for still mad with it for the Friday night and I'm going like, what What am I doing? Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. the, and the most frustrating thing about it is, is these guys, see if they just dedicated themselves for a couple of years, right? Just gave it a right good go and see if nothing came out. Then fair enough, just play amateur, go and get mad with it, do your stuff, but at least give yourself a chance. Do you know what I mean? These boys are like for between 17 to 23. And I mean, you know yourselves, the amount of players that never made it late on in their career, Darren McKinnon being one of them. He, he, Darren would never have thought he was going to be the captain of Hamilton and playing with him for eight, nine years when he was 24 or whatever. Look what it achieved. It can happen, especially the way Scottish football is, obviously, with the money. There's, there's just, there's not really much money in it unless you're playing with the top five clubs in the country. Do you know what I mean? But, um, no, so that's how the that was basically where the, the the whole thing came about, getting into the west of Scotland. It was Chizzy keeping an eye on it. It came about, we went for it. I know George Fraser, uh, and I'd been messaging him and stuff like that on Twitter, just saying this, that, the next thing, sent him, see the plant? Like, I never really took notice of how big a club drum chapel United were. See, when I came in, I, I, wasn't really, I was just caring about our team. I wasn't caring about the under-fives, under-sixes, uh, over 35s walking football uh, drum chapel we've got under fives right <laughs> right up to I think they've got a guy at like 92 or something playing walking <laughs> football for them is that right? and I'm going like aye I'm going like that can't be right and it is <laughs> they've got see if you check uh, their, their website there's, <laughs> there's a full team of uh, grandpas that play walking football and you're going aye I mean see when I actually looked into it I, I can't believe the stuff that's going on at Drum Chapel United, see the plans they've got for the Donald Dewar and all that kind of stuff. It's just obviously it's it's incredible. They're, they're so they're so much bigger than what you would think, and I, I I never really took much notice in it, and I don't mean it in a bad way, just because I was more concentrated in what we were doing rather than all the other academy clubs. And I think they've got four four or five uh, ladies team as well. Uh, Scott Bland, he he's a guy that uh, is the top man for all that, as well as being the club secretary. So 
nah, the, the stuff that's going on behind the scenes at the club's incredible. I made a prediction to Gareth before we come on air tonight, and I says, I believe that Drumchapel, if they get it right, will be as big as what Clyde Bank was. I'm talking about Clyde Bank when they were a, a, a professional club, because you've got that catchment, I think you're sitting there in about th- a population of about 13,000, and I know people... I know people will come and watch you. How, how you, you were talking about ambition. You said you, you two guys were ambitious. How far do you think you can take the club? Ah, uh, it's a quick, it's a good question because I, I don't, you don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what can happen in football. It's a mad game, but what, what, obviously we, when we get the boys together, we need to explain to them because like, there's a few question marks getting asked over me and John. See, because. We've only managed the amateur level, and I'll be honest, we we have kept the amateur about it. And what I mean by that is, is a lot of the guys are playing that level, not just because they're maybe they're, they're good enough to play at a high level, but see, because of their work commitments, uh, maybe their their house situation, being young dads with two and three kids and stuff like that, they maybe can't go and commit to that higher level. So they come to us, have a laugh, blah blah blah. But obviously we know, with me playing, I've played at every level nearly apart from senior. And I know the standards that are required. And obviously John's well aware of it as well. We've brought uh, Craig McPherson in uh, as our coach. Uh, Mark Campbell as well. He's came in as a coach. So they took, uh, Craig's came for Greenham Morton mm-hmm. uh, for the Youth Academy. Um, he's always kind of what kept one eye on what's going on elsewhere and stuff like that. And Obviously, I said to him, if we'd ever, uh, I ended up in a job in the juniors. Obviously, we never knew that it was going to be certain there was going to be a West of Scotland set up with the conferences and stuff like that. Spoke to Craig, jumped at it. Mark Campbell, ex-captain of Talbot, um, spoke to him as well, jumped at it. So, and then obviously John Conley, goalkeeping coach, spoke to JC, jumped on it, and it's just like, like <laughs> without sounding. Uh, too overconfident everything kind of clicked into place with any great effort is that mad as that may sound I mean I think it's about 25 players we've spoke to and 23 of them are signed one of them isn't happening and the other one I'm still trying to get over the line and then apart from that we've just got some guys coming in for pre-season obviously and at the end of the day the boys the boys that are there if if there's guys coming in that are better than them, then unfortunately they're just going to be uh, big enough and ugly enough to accept that, that that's the way football works sometimes. Because as I said before, me and John won't, won't ever turn anyone away. If there's people who want to come to the party, then they're more than welcome, but they need to be worthy of it. That's a real strong backroom staff. Obviously, a lot of contacts. Uh, John Conley coming in as well. Experienced guy, obviously managed at Fault House as well. A good guy as well. That that must be brilliant for you, especially. Obviously, I know you've seen some big names, but to get guys that can he he will have contacts that will come in flying and can play at that level, not a problem. I see it as overwhelming. See, see for me, I I genuinely believe what goes on in the park on Saturday will take care of itself. It's important for me that. And John, off the park, we've got the right guys on board. We've got guys that are going to keep a good changing room. We've got guys that are going to, because this is what I'm saying to John, we're going to feel like a couple of spellings, if you like, <laughs> at training and on a Saturday, because we're obviously not doing anything now. Like we'll, we'll overlook the training. 
we'll keep our opinions to ourselves unless we feel we need to say something on a Saturday obviously we'll be picking the team we'll be saying this that the next thing but that's as far as it goes um, so I, I, I'm, I'm delighted with the guys that we've got off the park. I, I couldn't ask for any better, to be fair, going into this conference with the guys. I mean, Craig's obviously won trophies with Clyde Bank. He's got to sell a good wee number at Greenup Morton. I think he was at the 19s there. Um, Mark Campbell won everything at the, the level we're playing at with Talbot. He's won honours senior. JC's uh, played senior been the guy for a full house. It's just, it is overwhelming for me and John to have these guys on the booters and they'll be massive as well for the, the, the progression of the, the team. How has how the, the transition gone from amateur status to then being in a position where you can afford to, to get these guys in? Is there a benefactor or several benefactors or does it come from the, I don't know, the you've got all these youth teams, you know, Obviously, the, the kids are kind of there's, there's. I guess there must be you know payment plans with the kids and stuff like that. How, how well, that that that's something that's obviously getting and spoke about. Um, but obviously, when when we we kind of found that we got, we got a wee nudge that the chances were extremely high we we're going to be getting in. So we thought, right, we really need to get a finger out here. We really need to sort this out. So me, John, and uh, Chizzy got a couple of guys. Uh, we rab. Used to work, run the he runs a Sunday team uh, for Drum Chapel. He took that off for of John when John came into Saturday with me. Uh, Rab's now with us as well as his Sunday team, and uh, William King, who's John's nephew, has came on board with us. So as as the best of Scotland team, as far as we we go, we've, we're a five man committee, obviously, uh, of me, John, Chizzy, Kingy, and Rab. That's it. That, we're the five that are obviously banged their heads together. Uh, just got things into place for getting players, stuff like that sponsorships, all that kind of stuff, we've now got a, a pub as well, that we're going to be calling United Bar um, which is just two minutes from Chapel train station, two minutes from the Donald Dewar, obviously we can offer hospitality uh, for match days and stuff like that um, because well, obviously we need we need some sort of income for money because players and stuff like that aren't going to pay for themselves. Was was that a run the, the the pub that you mentioned? Was that a run of the mill pub beforehand, which you guys have managed to then bring? I don't know, get a lease and you brought that underneath the, the drum chapel banner. Aye, well, basically, I mean, it, it, one of the guys on the board basically seen an opportunity, spoke to another guy on the board. He decided, you know what, let's do it. Let's let's get it for us, um, because obviously there's, there's that much stuff going on with Drum Chapel United. Like we had to do something, and uh, thankful enough for us, one of the guys decided that he was going to take the, the gamble on it. We're, we're doing it up as we speak. We're hoping it to get signed over to us in the next three or four weeks, hopefully, and then we can start making money and and just hopefully hopefully it's a success. If <laughs> If it goes in our ambition, I'm sure it will be a success, but it's just something that we need to work at and and hopefully that it turns good. You touched on earlier, Adam, about the Donald Dewar ground that you play at. Is there ambitions to kind of put stands or anything like that in it and get it up to licensing uh, criteria? Aye, there, there, there's, there's everything that you could uh, think of going on up there. Uh, so, as it stands just now, there's I think there's a, a 
a three to five year plan for the Donald Joe, but we're obviously trying to push it uh, so that we can try and get a license for the following season. So we've obviously got the floodlights. Uh, we've we've been given permission to take over a couple of the changing rooms. Uh, there's two grass pitches to the left hand side of the main building. I'm led to believe one of them's getting made into another astro tough. Uh, so there'll be two astro turfs up there. There's a, a I want to say 200 seat. See, I'm I'm not very good at all this stuff because I'm I, I'm busy with my own stuff. But I'm pretty sure there's a 200 seater stand going in at the opposite side. Uh, we've got a spectator barrier getting put in for the season starting. We've got the dugout sorted. We've bought uh, new dugouts on wheels. Obviously, I think there's 16 seater dugouts. So obviously there's plenty of seating for the the, the away club as well as us. Um, so I there's, there's there's all sorts of stuff going on up there. Um, so hopefully all going well. We'll be a licensed club for not this season, the following season, and hopefully get into the the big Scottish. It's really exciting stuff, and I've said I've touched on it before about the West of Scotland League. Honestly, I, if I was managing the side, I would definitely go out and and watch this league. Some of the names that you, you've brought in, first of all, a guy I know quite well, Willie Dyer. You obviously mm-hmm. managed to get to, to sign Willie, obviously mm-hmm. a drum chap, oh boy. Is that the kind of road you've went down to get some of the boys, just get guys that's from the area that want to come in and help you out? But, well, aye, because, I mean, we spoke to Willie, and obviously Willie wasn't the short offers, but we, we kind of get the impression that he was wanting to be part of this with being a drum chapel boy and stuff like that. I think he felt it was at the part of his career where he's still got a bit to offer and uh, he, he wanted to be part of it. So I we spoke, we jumped in Willie and uh, lucky enough we managed to get him. Um, so it, it's exciting for Willie as well when being obviously his CV so had a good career and now he's got the chance to, to go and make a wee bit of history with his community. And some of the some of the other boys you brought in, kind of the bigger names, are they all drum chapel boys? Are they guys from from all over? Well, it's, it's a bit of a mixture, to be fair. Um, there, there is a good chunk of the boys from drum chapel and north of Glasgow and stuff like that. But I mean, everyone, you know what it's like in Glasgow. Everyone knows everyone. Do you know what I mean? Everybody <laughs> knows everybody's business. Blah blah blah. So, nah, um, the whole community and everyone's like, they'll see the response we had on Twitter. When it got announced that we were a senior club, like everyone was going mad for it. I think we sold about, without any effort, about 100 odd season tickets. Brilliant. Do you know what I mean? And obviously we, we want to try and double that, but it's been, see, with this whole pandemic, but it's just went kind of flat now. And obviously we've probably got a wee bit of uh, responsibility to take for that as well, because we've obviously got one eye on our pub. We're trying to get this pub renovated to be the best place in Drumchapel. Do you know what I mean? So that everyone's going to come into it. We're obviously going to have the upstairs part as like a members lounge that only members will get in up there for a pint if there's not a function on. We're obviously looking at having 30ths, 40ths, 21sts, engagement parties, you name it up there. So um, I we need to maybe try and get advertising the season books a wee bit more again and try and double that figure. <laughs> when I spoke to Darren about um, him joining the club, he said he's going to also get a job working in your roofing company. So I guess the question is, have you brought him in for his footballing ability or his, his quality putting tiles on the roofs? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, see, this is the thing. I, I, I can't really take any credit. For, obviously, 
the majority of Darren coming to us was obviously I spoke to him and stuff like that. Um, it was actually it was um, Michael Kennedy I spoke to from uh, Darvon. Uh, we Chrissy Craig phoned me and said uh, I get called Hopi or I Hopi Darren McKinnon's available. Uh, he's he's not wanting to play senior anymore and I'm like alright and then I spoke to Michael Michael obviously uh, has kept quite close to him through their time at Scotland amateurs together and stuff like that and um, Mick told me what it would probably take to get him phoned him uh, obviously offered him a contract offered him job opportunities um, and we're, we're guys there but we wouldn't say something to someone and go against it do you know what I mean so he was offered a few job opportunities and uh, a week or two later, he left us hanging for a week or two, to be fair. I, I'm, I'm sitting there every day looking, just thinking, do I phone, do I phone Darren again? Because I, <laughs> I, only, I, only I only know Darren for playing against him. And he played with a few good pals of mine, uh, Clyde Bank and stuff like that. But I just wanted to you know that way. I'm like, right, this, is, this could happen. Right? I'm thinking, this, this could happen. <laughs> but I, I don't want to keep phoning him because he'll end up telling me to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Uh, he phoned, he phoned back and uh, he said that he was happy to go with it and he couldn't take a smile off my face. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned at the start of the show this time last year as a captain Hamilton Ackies, would, would we ever thought that we'd be uh, building something like this going into our senior conference uh, this time last year? 100% not. And here we are, obviously, ambitious as you like, trying to take the club forward. So, nah, it's, it is exciting. Definitely. And, and have you, I mean, you mentioned the, the fact you'd work for the roofing company. Will that come, will that come subsequently or has he started working well, there yet? Sorry, Gareth, sorry. I, 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 um, I never got into that. It's not actually my roofing company. It's another roofing company who's oh, a right. sponsor of ours. Uh, all levels roofing. Um, he, he's a guy who obviously was one of the job opportunities for Darren and um. I, I think that's close to getting over the line from starting there. Um, but again, that's something that's in other people's hands just now. But uh, he's, 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 he's going to be, it'll be sorted anyhow, regardless. Have you also explained to him that your name's Adam, not Alan? Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Abdi knows me, he's hopey. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't know. I took a tight for that, by the way. <laughs> I, 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 I see in that group chat people call me Alan and all that and I'm like oh my god we should probably god. explain to the still, listeners here but when yeah uh, by the way Gareth cheers for that because I'm going to get it again see people, <laughs> see people listen to us I'll be getting whatsapp saying Alan how are you doing and all that I'm going back I'm just, well, just changing my name to Alan <laughs> <laughs> we should probably explain for uh, the listeners but when I spoke to Darian uh, he said oh yeah you should, you should speak to the, the, the Drum Chapel United Manager Alan Hope so uh, when I when I then wrote the piece, I mentioned you as uh, Alan Hope. I know that. Well, let's just say if there's if I do get texts in the next 20, 40, 40 hours about getting called Alan, then that's adding a sprint onto Darren's pre-season every time I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and in terms of, I mean, we've we've talked about uh, we've talked about you know the the, the caliber of players you've brought in. Do, do you think that sums up sums up the, the kind of Paul's mentioned the, the excitement around this whole league? Does it sum up how this kind of level has been rejuvenated by this new setup? And I mean, I, you mentioned your secretary Scott Bland. I mean, I saw I saw him talking the other day about how 
you know, maybe this is what the game needs at this level. There's been a lot of stagnation at the at the bottom of the SPFL for far too long. Aye. Would, would that be fair? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I don't know about you, but um, I used to have... I used to have a gaffer when I played with St Mongols. His name is Mark Gawkin. I don't know if he's a member, Mark. He used to play senior, but I think he played with Jean-Ran Clydes and stuff like that. And uh, Mark Mark was like a right good man manager. He used to always say to me, he used to be like, ah, look, don't chuck it. Don't stop trying. Keep trying. Try. He's like, ah, there's, not, there's no money. In, the arse is falling out of Scottish football. This was back when I was 24. That was obviously nine years ago. And um, he's so right. See, when you look at it, something had to happen I mean it's just boring you know what I mean and I do think I think there's too many people hanging on with uh, uh, what shall we say here uh, there's a lot of people hanging on with the skin of their teeth mm-hmm. like, in, in the lower leagues in Scotland like, I mean it was only a matter of time no disrespect by the way because I'm not that type of person but like East Stirling for example they hung in there hung in there for year after year finishing bottom of League 2 or uh, League, Division 3 or whatever it may have been and then there's other teams who are always like, no disrespect again because I don't, I don't mean it like that, but like Albion Rovers and stuff like that. And you're going, there's guy, there's teams below this level, ambitious, putting thing plans in place to go and be that team and going better themselves going forward. So I, I, I genuinely think they should maybe open it up a wee bit because one for it's only one team that goes up for the pyramid, isn't it? For the Lowlands mm-hmm. and yeah. the Highlands play, and the winner go, one goes up every year. I, I think there should be maybe a wee bit. At best, because they play the bottom team in the SPFL. Aye, that's true. Aye, aye, see that? I think, I think maybe something needs to be done in that front, because when you look at clubs like Kelty, East Kilbride, uh, Darvel, Auchinleck, Talbot, these clubs, I mean, in my opinion, and, and, and football's all about opinions, I would fancy their four teams to beat the majority of League 2 teams, mm-hmm. and they're playing below that. Do you know what I mean? And it's going to take them ages to get into the league. You know what I mean? Because then you've got all the Highland League teams spending all this money obviously ambitious and you know yourself a game of football can be decided in a terrible refereeing decision but do you know what I'm saying I just think there should be a wee bit more uh, excitement put into getting actually into the seniors itself I think you just need to look at Edinburgh City they're playing at Spartans ground at the moment but I think they're going back to Meadowbank that's all getting uh, done up Cove Rangers their facilities are first class Go right down to you guys as well. You guys are trying to put something in place at the Donald Dewar and it comes back to you saying other clubs are standing still. Now, I know they can't move grounds, but how much are they putting in every year to try and to just get by? And I think this is this is actually going to be a level for teams. We're going to see, and, and mm-hmm. I'm saying we, we use Darvel just because Darvel's been highlighted as throwing some money about it. Beyond the no, no illusions here, the big clubs here are Rock and Legs, Pollocks, who are getting the crowds through the door every week as well and will go up and they would thrive in that. And that's why I keep coming back. This whole West of Scotland League is so exciting. It definitely is. It had to happen in my opinion, but I do think uh, there needs to be maybe a wee bit more um, a bit more an opportunity for teams to get into League 2. Maybe, uh, see, with this whole pandemic, I, I don't know about you guys, but I felt this was the perfect time to reconstruct the whole Scottish football from head Absolutely. to toe. They've done it to a certain extent, right? But, listen, I'm no... I'm not... Uh, in, uh, Doncaster, or whatever you want to say, but I think it could have been done better. I think from head to toe, it could have been done better, and this was a perfect opportunity. See, for Kelty, in my opinion, not to get out of the Lowlands... And whoever the other team was for the Highlands to even have the opportunity 
I think it's crazy. Uh, why not just stick the two of them up into League Two or whatever, make up more t- I, I don't know. I just think more could have been done, a bit more thought and could have been done. But listen, who am I? I have real faith in the guys that run the, the, the Lowland League because I see the correspondence that come out. I see how quick they react to things. You know, that they're absolutely fantastic. And I just hope, and I was going to make this point earlier on, that it's going to be... And I'm not talking about against the, the Scottish FA or or the SPFL, but I hope they're the ones that don't stop the progression. And as you say, having this filter at the top because it's a bottleneck, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Island League play, Lowland League, then goes into the playoffs. They have to expand it. They have to get teams in. Just and, and I'll re- repeat myself. Look at Cove. Look at Edinburgh City. They're doing really, really well. So I think it's going to be down to. Hopefully the Lowland League can have fight in the corner on behalf of the, the clubs and the Highland League to make Scottish football a much better product. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you, Paul, 100%. And I tell you, that the Lowlands are doing well to take the eye off the West of Scotland League as well. Let's no kid ourselves. East Kilbride signing, I mean, that's big, that's big names, big money. Uh, Kelty Hearts obviously are going to be there thereabouts and you've got East Stirling starting to make a few signings and stuff like that BSC no mugs that's going to be some league as well the Lowlands definitely be keeping an eye on that as well just uh, just to finish off this section of the show um, Paul has talked a lot on the various podcasts about the the benefit of having a co-manager and, and, and how how it helps particularly at at that level where there's obviously commitments in life that maybe, you know, you, you can't always 100% dedicate mm-hmm. yourself as, as, as you would if you were doing it full time, obviously. How, how's it going to work with you and John and, and picking t- picking the team and, and stuff like that? If, if, if you kind of, have you got a fairly good formula sort of being put together for that? Well, this is obviously, it would have been three years if we managed to get the season out. Me and John have been together and, and I can honestly say, I can count in one hand how many times we've maybe had a disagreement. But see, when I say a disagreement, it is minor, 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 minor disagreement. Like, genuinely, it's something that the two is just sort out. It, there's no, there's never been, oh, but I think we should do this, hope No, JB, that's, no, I don't think you should. It's not been like that. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe because we've been limited to what we can do. We're obviously <laughs> amateur, the team's been available, blah, blah, blah. But no, nah, me and John, are singing off the same hymn sheet 100% and, and I think I, I like it to be fair because when I first took um, Postle on I was on my own with uh, Terry Harden who was the secretary and see uh, honestly I would see at the end of that season if I never me and John never amalgamated I probably wouldn't be in football uh, like, uh, management because uh, as much as we had some right good results that season for what we had it was just frustrating, and they have John, and the two has got on so well, and it's a breath of fresh air from my point of view. My name is Brown Ferguson, manager of Linlithgow Rose, and you are listening to Down the Divisions. Luger Boswell Thistle have signed Cole Curtis. Cole previously captained Airdrie's under-18s. Thistle have also extended the contracts of Lewis Kerr and Darren Curtis. Neilston have won the race to land striker Kieran Brophy. The 19-year-old was being chased by several sides after leaving Morton. 
veteran midfielder Martin McBride has joined Kilburnie Lateside. McBride has a wealth of experience after playing for the likes of Partick, Cowdenbeath, Stranraer, Dumbarton, Queen's Park. And he was most recently with Rob Roy. Craig Mark Bentonians have brought in former Saltcoats, Odross and Winton Rovers and Kilwinning Rangers player Stephen Tan. Hi, Stephen Aitken, East Coast Bayern manager. You're listening to Down in Divisions. Adam, we've talked about you being in the in the dugout. Uh, playing wise, you've had several several clubs over the years. Uh, started out at Arsenal Boys Club. Yes. Do you um, feel that? Um, do you feel that you, um, as a player, did, do you feel you achieved what you know what you, what you what you had ability wise, or, or do you look back now and, and see missed opportunities? Hundred percent, no. <laughs> never, n- never, 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 never achieved. Uh, Listen, Gareth, I was. Um, I think I've probably only been fit two seasons in my whole life. I put like from twenty ones onwards. In the last thirteen years, I've probably only been fit twice. Um, lazy striker. Uh, when I was younger, I did play in the shoulder up until I was about twenty four. Used to be quick, left footed, scored a free kick here and there, blah blah blah. But did I ever? Did, nah, definitely not. Later on in my career. Uh, I had a couple of uh, good moves in regards to the, the level. I was I went to, left St Mungo's, I went to Hairstains when I was about 26, 27. But I changed job, I had kids and stuff like that, piled a bit of beef on, I never used to be fat by the way. Um, <laughs> had, an e, had an E operation, uh, I played with Hairstains, we won the league, the Scotch Cup, didn't play too much. But to be fair, I, I couldn't really grumble at that because the team... Uh, never get beat to be brutal honest with you I think the first time we lost the t- uh, that season I was there was a semi-final against Postle funny enough and I had the worst game of my life when I started uh, I went and had under my pillow after that game and we get beat um, and then obviously after Hairstains I, had a, I was at BSC it was only probably for about three months or something but playing with them I'd done my cruciate in a midweek game at Albion Rovers Park horrendous Try to bring the ball down over my head, knee planted in the ground, crumble, and then through there, I've just kind of not really, not really played. I went and played with possum and stuff like that, but I've proper done my cruciate now, it's completely gone. Went to help uh, drum 35s out, was on the park two seconds, won a penalty, done my cruciate at the same time, and then that was it. Finished at 32. But, uh, nah, I, I definitely should have done better. As a player, uh, obviously I know that now, but these things happen. You, you, were, you were supposed to, or you had the chance or the possibility of, of even going out to New Zealand. How did that all come about? So that, that was a funny one. Um, my my dad had an adopted brother uh, that him, my, my gran and grandpa had when they were like 15, and they ended up in New Zealand. So we ended up finding out like years down the line that my dad had this brother in New Zealand. So we went out, turns out my, my uncle. Uh, was a sports pundit, right? <laughs> so this is my. He was a cricketer, right? His name is his name's Austin Parsons, right? And they all used to call him Austin Powell. So anyway, I'm out. And, I'm out. And he's, he's quite a big house and stuff like that. And I'm at the back playing football, playing volleys off the wall to keep it up. He's blah blah blah. He's like, ah, I'm not going to try and do an accent because I can't. But he's obviously in New Zealand. He's like, ah, oh, you look quite good and all that. He's like, ah, do you play? And I said, ah, I play blah blah blah. And he's like, ah, right, I'll take you somewhere. Uh, to play in the morning, I'm like, ah, right, okay. So anyway, <laughs> he 
it takes me to the, uh, the Sonny Ericsson Stadium, the only football stadium in New Zealand, right? And it's probably like a Hearts or something like that. No, it's not like an Ibrox or Parkhead, but it's like a Partick Thistle or a, a Hearts or something. And I'm like, ah, he's, he's noising me up here, isn't he? So I went in and uh, needless to say, I ended up training. Uh, we were there for three months. We were there longer than what it meant to be. And I was training full time every day. And uh, I, I, it was incredible, honestly. There was a few, a couple of guys there that had played with Aberdeen. I can't remember the name. It was that long ago. And a guy that had played with uh, Clyde as well, playing with the team. So anyway, I was meant to emigrate over there, obviously. And they were, they were signing me in a live form. I was only 15 at the time and I was training with the first team. So... I'm tra- I, like, the second youngest was like 19, so I was like I was younger than 50. Do you know what I mean? But obviously back then I was really fit. I was I was slim, a good left peg, all the rest of it, and I dedicated myself to it. But one thing led to another with the family, and we never ended up going through with it, and we ended up staying. And then see after that, to be fair, I ended up wrapping football for about a year. See when I was 15 to 16, I because of that, I, well, my, my my dad ended up getting uh, multiple cirrhosis. And uh, it just, I met my wife and all that kind of stuff and see his time was going on and on and on. It was just dragging its heels and I was like, you know what, like, just forget it. You know what I mean? Um, but no, I, that was that was a real opportunity maybe missed. But at the end of the day, these things happen. Do you know, was, uh, was, was, was coaching then something that you always fancied and, and something you were always interested in, even as a player, or did it come I, later on? De- de- definitely. Um, I think, see, because... I was so young, obviously. For, well, see, see, to be honest, I, I would still play the now if I could. Like, yeah. genuinely. I, 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 I could. I've been carrying weight for about the last four or five years now. And I've still managed to play. Still this, still lazy. Just not that shoulder striker anymore who can run through. I'm obviously hold up play, blah, blah, blah. But um, I've always like, always wanted to be involved with football, whether it be water boy, coaching, physio, refereeing, anything. But I obviously had the opportunity to take Posso on. And uh, it was between that or go and have a wee cack at the juniors with Ashfield. Because Maxie, Maxie, Paul Maxwell took me into Ashfield that pre-season because there was a lot of uncertainty what was happening with Posso. Uh, and then obviously it kind of landed in my lap. And I was like, well, do you know what? I may as well give it a go. But see, at the end of the day, see if I'd never done that, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you as now. John Drumchapel probably wouldn't be doing what they're doing now. So... It's uh, not not because of me, just obviously for the, the point of view that that's how John get back into the Saturdays was amalgamating the clubs. Do you know what I mean? So if it wasn't for me and John, obviously uh, locking horns and making a go at it, we probably wouldn't be here just now. So it's all been worth it, definitely. And, and what what age were you then when you took over Apostle? Thirty to I was playing. See the first year I took it on, I was playing. I'm 34 this year, so 31 I was when I took it on. Uh, probably the toughest thing I've ever had to do in football. Um, yeah. Aye, 100%. Um, just like, scraping the barrel all the time. I had a lot of my pals came to play who's played a wee bit, but it, it just didn't. It just didn't. I mean, we, we, ended up, we ended up getting ourselves in a good place, but it took far too long. It was like for the start of the season in uh, January. I signed a guy, uh, Colin Marshall, and uh, he just he just turned the whole place upside down. Just see where he's, like, you know, I take it he's no Colin Marshall. Ex Clyde, no. Uh, I played in Japan and all that. Played with Stephen Davis at Aston Villa and all that kind of stuff. Like, you, see the confidence that he put in players and the way he spoke to players 
and his his all round game and distribution was just, oh, I've never seen anything like it. Oh, I've never seen anything like it. And uh, we went on a, a a three three four month run undefeated, and then <laughs> we get beat two one off a team called Bridgewater. And uh, there was only maybe six games left after that. But see, when that defeat happened, Nars fell out it, and that was it. Like, I was just getting guys in a park on a Saturday for a game, which was that, that's how obviously I was like, if I'm going to be doing this. Me and John need to come together because he's got his, his Sunday team at the drum. Obviously, had a lot of mixed boys for Colville playing, and then a lot of boys for me playing. And they won everything I think in the Sunday football. They won the Scottish, they won the West, uh, and it just made sense. John was wanting back into the Saturday. I was up for amalgamating the two clubs, and so was the guy who, who owned Porcel, and we just went for it basically, and and we're here the now. I guess if you can deal with that Apostle, then. I'm not saying it's going to be easy at the drum, but you've you've seen that side of the you've seen that side and you've dealt with that side of, of football management at a very Aye. early age and, and 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 got through that if 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 you like. I, I won't be doing that again. Side. I won't be doing that again. Gareth, <laughs> no chance, <laughs> not a chance. I would rather have over 35s team than that. <laughs> Was it? Did it take over? Did it take over your life back then? I'm not saying obviously. Drum Chapel is your life as well now, but I did see to be fair. That was something that obviously my my, my wife she she kind of she she did back me. You know you know women are like let's look at sell on and <laughs> football football does. Uh, my wife hates football by the way, which makes it ten times worse for me. But she she kind of backed me and and I, I I don't know. I'm just I hate getting beat. So see when I was coming in, in a bad mood, she would just go ah take it you get beat today, and I but I just look at her and she but she would know. You know what I mean? It's not. I just I hate getting beat. I hate getting beat at Enton. Like you ask game that knows me. See if we play a game of uh, Texas Oldham and I get beat. We play a game of two touch. I get. I hate getting beat. Uh, so now, nah, but she she she's been she's back me at the hill, and uh, obviously that's another reason why we're, we're still going. Well, I'm still going strong. So all good. And we mentioned your roofing company earlier on. There, you, you do that all across. Uh... All across Glasgow, all across Scotland. Aye, all, but uh, aye, I, I try not to go like to Edinburgh and Stirlings and stuff like that. But if it's for someone I know, let's see, someone's the phone and say, "Look, I've got an auntie in Edinburgh, she's got water pissing in, or I've got an auntie in Edinburgh needing a roof redone or something like that." Then obviously I'll I'll I'll, I'll go my I'll go out my way to help someone. But if it's like randoms phoning me and stuff like that, I tend just to pass numbers on to other people I know through that way because it's no, it's, it's just too much. The traveling and all that kind of stuff. You, you haven't been doing um, what Mick Kennedy's been doing and, and getting getting construction guys into work at the ground. I suppose you, you you can't quite do that at your ground like he can do nah, down there with those changing rooms. Nah, no, nah, we can't. Um, but however, that is something that's on our radar. Like, um, it's just a, it's just the type of guy I am. Like, see when I see something, I see somebody do. I, I want to do. I'm buzzing for the person to see these people that I, I take my hat off to them and I'm genuinely see people on Twitter and all that kind of stuff that are slagging I'm like going to just going to just be happy you know what I mean because it's just jealousy see all these people saying stupid things and all uh, it's, it does my head in but I, I'm the type of guy that see for, I've obviously seen Davos change rooms you couldn't miss them but I want to make sure that see when it comes to us doing our dressing room we'll go and take that step further if if it can be done do you know what I mean? That's just the way. We're, that's the way we all are, and that's what we want to do. We want to make this a success, and to do that, we need to be better than everybody else. 
And I'll come in on that as well because I, I, I hear so much on social media about people just hating things that's going on and slagging teams off. The only way you'll get success is if as if you embrace what other people's doing as well because there's no point in being jealous or envious of them. Just go and do it for yourself. And again, I'll keep coming back to is the ambition of is, is the ambition of the people who run these clubs that's going to make this product, the West of Scotland League, so successful. And that's that's why it's so exciting. You're, you're spot on, Paul. And and see what you're saying about Twitter. Some some of the things I read on Twitter, some of the tweets, I, 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 I need, I've learned to bite my tongue, by the way, because I've seen some nonsense about us and Pine Bovro as well. And I'm just like, are people that are people that jealous that they want to try and do you know what I mean? It's like, why not just be happy? You know what I mean? See teams like, uh, obviously, Darville, Pollux. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for them. See if they're spending over 100 grand and all that, and they've got changing rooms worth this, that, and the next thing. That's brilliant. It's brilliant to see you be a player to be part of that environment. That That's what you want. See if you don't want that, then what's the point? That's you know what I mean? It's just people jealous. At the end of the day, I don't know. I'm just the most positive guy there is. Like if I see somebody with something, then I want to go and try and make it better. Do you know what I mean? Instead of talking about them or, you know, Twitter's like. Hi, it's Murdo McKinnon, Port Manager here, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Right, that brings us to Inside the Mind. Each week, we'll put our guests on the spot to look deep into their psyche and discover some hidden stories. Okay, Adam, who was your ideal as a boy? Paul Gascoigne. He's the type of player he was, the type of character he was, how he could just grab a game by the scruff of the neck. I just love Paul Gascoigne, just everything about him. Uh, it was just my type of guy. We More so now, bit chubby. <laughs> <laughs> Back when he was a player, obviously. Back when he was a player, he was chubby. But he just, he just had that magic. I used to go to Ibrooks with my dad when I was a wee guy. And I just remember watching Gaza. McCoy's was another one, but Gaza for me, just his personality and everything. I love, I love Paul Gascoigne. Brilliant. Uh, who's the toughest opponent you faced? Uh, I don't know the guy's name. <laughs> but what I can tell you is, right, and you might know who he is, he was a centre-half for Spartans. And I'm led to believe that Falkirk and Hearts were once upon a time into him. He was about six foot four. And I... Obviously, near the end of my career, I used to try and go to the bully a wee bit because I was quite, I was heavier than what I used to be, and it went horrendously wrong. Um, probably the only game I could walk off and say I was actually bullied by someone. He never even said a word to me; he just blittered me every time at the ball, <laughs> and I never got a foul either. So, whoever that guy was, big shout out to you because that's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the favourite football top you've worn and why? It would need to be the Rangers top when Gascoigne signed the Adidas one, uh, yep. 95, 96. Um, pro- probably have to say that. I'm not really a big fan of football tops, but that was one I remember when I had Gaza eight in the back when he came. Was was there a strip you played in, team-wise, that kind of you think back and whether you like the strip or because it brings back you know, um, good memories of, of I, I would, I a would, good team? I would probably have to say uh, St Mungo's. Uh, St Mungo's used to have a nice um, white and blue Adidas kit uh, with Claremont decorators as a sponsor on the front. Um, I would have to say that. That was a cracking strip, that. 
Who's the best player you've played or worked with? Colin Marshall. Yeah. Hands down. He's just... Sorry. Sorry, Sorry Gareth, on you go. No, I was going to say, I mean, you mentioned him before. Did, did you look at him and think he could have done... He could have done so much more. I know he, he was Aston Villa and... Oh, definitely. I mean, listen, he, he, he played at a high level throughout his career, but I, I, I don't know him well enough to know why he didn't go. I still speak to him in small doses, but 100%. I, I, I've never seen a played with MD so calm on a ball and, and never lose it. He's just... Uh, I call him Marshall, hands down. Best player I've ever played with. I'm going to put you on the spot as well. You mentioned early on the sh- early on in the show about you know there's so many players out there who could have made it, but the application wasn't there. Uh-huh. Who, who, who would you say would be the most talented player you've seen who didn't make it? Who would come under that in, under that umbrella? Uh, well, well, people that know me personally and uh, my group of pals from North of Glasgow agree, but some people that maybe seen him come and play with me at Porcel and uh, John Pym would maybe disagree, but. It'd have to be a good friend of mine, James Morrison. His name was, I played with him in my youth days at Arsenal and he played with Kilmarnock. And this guy's feet, uh, he wasn't the biggest of goal scorers, a centre midfielder, box to box, and he the, the quickest feet I've ever seen. Like, he'd just walk by people with the ball, a uh, good pass of the ball. hundred. He's he's definitely probably the one that I've played with personally that's that's under, underachieved through, growing up playing football. And last of all, what's the best practical joke you've seen? Practical joke? <laughs> There's a few. Um, uh, it was me that done. It was me that done this when I. <laughs> uh, it was me that done. I'm just. I, this is the one that's at the top of my head. But when I ran Porcel, right? We trained on a Monday, Wednesday, so it was in the winter, and obviously the the. Um, all the astroturfs and stuff like that were off, and the five or sides caused the ice and the snow and stuff like that. So anyway, Peter's Hill were clearing the snow off the park, so I managed to get the training on the Thursday. But one of the wee guys had lost his phone, and he texted me on the Wednesday saying, where are we training tonight? Right? Obviously, I've got it on the Thursday, but he thinks we're training on the Wednesday still. So I said, seven o'clock up at Peter's Hill. <laughs> so it's, it's snowing. It is horrendous, right? And this guy's built at the side of fiver, right? <laughs> so obviously, needless to say, he's away. I was, I was telling all the boys that he wasn't in the group chat because he'd lost his phone, right? So I'm in the group chat and the boys are like, ah, you're out of order, hope you can't do that. And I'm looking at it outside and all that kind of stuff and I'm like, no, he's definitely getting it. So anyway, my phone's going mad after seven, between seven and quarter past seven, missed call, missed call, missed call. Left it to about 25, taking phone to us like that. All right, me man, what's happening? He's like, ah, um, where are you? <laughs> and I'm like, in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Poor wee guy, man, honestly. But I, too, too funny. Did he, uh, did he turn up the following night? No. <laughs> no, he never turned up the following night, no. Probably <laughs> frostbite, to be fair. <laughs> Stephen Swift, BSC Glasgow, and I listened to Down the Divisions. Good stuff. Well, before we uh, before we finish up, we'll clear up uh, we'll clear up this down the divisions decider. I can tell you've been waiting to find out about this all night, Adam. So uh, give us those uh, clues again, Paul. Okay. So the first clue was Libby Lane become the first Church of England 
first female bishop. Jordan Spieth won the Masters by four strokes over Phil Mickelson and Justin Rose. Arsenal played Aston Villa in the FA Cup, winning 4-0. Edinburgh City won their first league title after near rivals Whitehill Welfare lost to East Cobride. Adam says 2015 and Gareth, you says 2014. First of all, Gareth, I'm going to ask, why did you go for 2014? I remember 2014 because, I don't know, I just I remember watching Jordan Spieth win that. And Why did you? And, and what about you, Adam? Why 2015? I, what I, was I in went, that? I went 2015 because I'm pretty sure that was in about the time I was playing with BSC and I think that's when Edinburgh City uh, won the league. I, I, I could be, obviously could be wrong, but... You obviously could be wrong, but you're right. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm never late at end, by the way. <laughs> That's the highlight of the night, by the way. <laughs> See what I mean? I love winning. I love winning. Sorry, Gareth. It's all right. You might be known as Alan from tonight on again, but at least you've got the... Oh, you're getting Daddy in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us tonight, uh, Adam. I nearly called you Alan uh, thanks for joining oh. us, Adam, and uh, obviously all the best for, for Drum, Drum Chapel season when it starts. And uh, we'll be looking out for your results with interest, with the uh, with the with the squad you're building there, and the, the passion that you you've all clearly got there uh, to to make this this debut season in the Western Conference, uh, Western Scotland Conference, uh, a successful one. No, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks very much for having me in the show. And I'd just like to say before I go, if there's anybody for the community of Drum Chapel listening, get in touch. If you want to get some season books and see some uh, good performances, hopefully in the conference this season, all right? Yeah, good shout. Uh, yeah, get in touch with the get in touch with the club, and, and don't forget if you can't get anybody at the club, you can get in touch with with us, and and, and we'll pass pass your details on. You can uh, you can also contact us with with comments or suggestions uh, for people to speak to or ideas for the show. Our email address is down the divisions at gmail.com. That's down the divisions at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Do leave a comment, which helps others find us and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on down the divisions. Mm -hmm.